Chaos and Christ Podcast. Chaos and Christ Podcast. We honor Christ. Lift heavy weights, act like men, and resist tyranny. And now your host, Alexi Felix. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Chaos and Christ. I hope you guys are doing pretty good. Today, I'm thinking I'm going to be talking about something that's it's heavy. And it's honestly directed to one person. And this is a real-life person. But I feel compelled to honestly just share my heart, my thoughts, and obviously point you to Christ. Because that is where we find our truest hope, our truest comfort, no matter what. And that's really key. And keep in mind that as I'm talking to someone specifically, I realize that it could be you that I'm speaking to. And it could be that you know someone that I'm speaking about. Maybe the same person or someone in your own life. It doesn't matter because one way or another, we are typically faced with things in our lives that are a little bit bigger than we can ever comprehend that overwhelm us that cause so much stress to weigh us down and we have questions and frustrations and we wonder where God is in the whole thing of it, right? The whole chaos of it. And I just feel the need to share. And so before I get into that, guys, I hope that uh, you've been enjoying the podcast and it's been blessing you and it's been helping you. It's definitely a joy for me to do. So please, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the show, consider supporting the show. I've got a Patreon now. I'll be honest, I don't really know what to offer. I've had some ideas. Maybe you can help me out with that. But I definitely want to offer something that's beneficial for you. All right. So shameless plug. Let's get over that hump. I'm speaking to an individual that received a diagnosis that's terminal. Or at least, I mean, I'm sure it is terminal. It's leukemia. I can mention the cancer. Now, full disclaimer, this person doesn't know me for nothing. I'll be honest, he's almost at a celebrity level status. Not like crazy up there, but those in the conservative circle probably know who I'm potentially speaking about. I'm not going to use his name because I'm not looking for clout. I'm not looking to see if somehow he decides to ding me on the Instagram and maybe want to hop on here. That's not my intention whatsoever. So I'm not going to use names. You may, again, if you're in the conservative circle, right, you are aware what's happening in the country. Basically, we're being overran by communists, totalitarians, and there are people in this world right now that are using their God-given gifts and talents to bring the truth out there in their own special, unique way. This individual is definitely one of them. And so I've been impacted by his line of work, and I dig it. I really do like his stuff. I didn't peg him to be a Christian, but lately I've seen that there is a level of understanding of who Christ is and his true desire and maybe desperation to link with the Lord right now. And he's mentioned some things on his story that I feel the need to speak into because this isn't just him. You might be going through something and might have been diagnosed with something that is way too overwhelming over your head. Nothing that you ever would have expected. Certainly not something you planned. And it's Things that I have to be honest, I have no idea about. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend I I know because I don't. But I feel God has given me such heaviness on this that I have to speak about this. 
I have to share the only hope that I know I do have, the only hope that, and truth that I believe I can share that is right for you. And what I'm going to say may not be a popular truth. It may not be popular because, especially in America, we are in the country that has taken the gospel message and watered it down, supplemented it with other things like prosperity gospel, name it and claim it, or not claim it. And I'll tell you why I say that. And so I'm seeing that this individual has been diagnosed with a terminal illness that really it saddens me to hear. And I can imagine, and again, I can only imagine that there are different stages of grief that a person goes through. And it's just desperation in my head if that was me. And if I can try my best to put myself in their shoes, it would be sheer desperation, overwhelm, and abandonment, potentially. Feeling like God has abandoned you. And all the plans and all the good that you thought you were going to be able to accomplish seems to be tagged with a deadline. And if it's not done, it's not done. That's it. It's heavy. And I've been trying to wrap my head around, like if this was me and I found out about that, my heart breaks. It really does. Because I'm a father and I think the last thing I want to have to tell my little girl who wouldn't understand for the most part that daddy wouldn't be around for very long, that would be the hardest thing. And just thinking about it really does something to me. And so I just want to level with you. And as your brother in the Lord, I just I want to be here for you. And I want to give you some truths that I believe are very important as you wrestle. Now, this is not to be insensitive at all. I truly mean it out of love, and I hope it comes through that way on this mic. I'm looking at this guy's page, and he's been trying to channel his pain and the realization that he is potentially about to be diagnosed with leukemia, and that he everything that he's been working towards might actually be stamped with a deadline. And that's it. Now, this person has been able to accomplish some great things. And he's become well-renowned, especially in the conservative world, for his talent. And I wish I could say what it is, but it just give it away. And there was something that I, I was seeing on his story. And he was looking to go live, tell the people that follow him, update him. He was informing us that he was about to see his doctor to get a proper diagnosis. And sure enough, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Now, when I was going through his posts on Instagram, I did see a post of him writing out a prayer of just literally praying to Jesus. And the way he wrote it out, it reminded me of the days of the church that I used to go to when I first became a Christian that was very charismatic. Now, I know where this is coming from for him. At least I can understand it to the best of my ability. You had this desperation and this fear that just gripped your heart and the reality of your mortality. And so you turn to the one true hope that only can give you hope, and that's Christ. And I think there's a lot, there's something to say to that because I think there are other people out there in the world that would say he's only doing that because he's just been pronounced a death sentence. And I have something to say about that because I used to be very negative in, in that way as well. But I digress. As I was going through his stories, I saw something that I really, I really needed to speak to. He, in, in his earlier post, he started to talk about 
how he was trying to get his life right even before he understood or even knew he was sick. And even more so now, he's pleading with God to save him. And that if he gave him a second chance, he would take this opportunity to serve him and do good with his talents and gifts. Now, in my opinion, the things that he does based on his talent, I think served. And it was just a, a ray of light to see that there was an individual like that thought like you and I. But I understand what he's talking about. And then in the post, I guess after he got the diagnosis in his story, I should say, he then said something very key. He said, I guess God hasn't forgiven me. Now, this is where I need to let it simmer and let it sit for a second. I know that what he's going through is he's coping. He's coping and he's dealing and it's stressful. And I know there's stages to this stuff. And I understand it from a practical read in the internet kind of thing, right? The best I, that I can do. And it's so easy for me to say, here, this is what you need to do, brother. You need to pray and trust in the Lord. Yes, he does. Yes, you do. I'm going to tell you that. Of course you do. I think you know that. But I think you know that as you're doing that right now, you feel like it's still not enough. It's not a quick enough answer for you. There's still despair in the pit of your stomach, in the pit of your soul. And it's hard to even hear someone to say, God has a plan for all of this. And of course, I want to tell you that there's no way you can do this alone. You do need support from loved ones and the church that can pray for you and encourage you in the truth of the word of God and the gospel in Christ. Loved ones, friends, families, girlfriend, you need that support. You know this. I don't need to beat you over the head about it. But these are practical things that I'm hoping that those around you are obviously going to step up to the plate when you eventually try to push them away, potentially. I'm not saying I know you like like that. I don't know you at all. But it could be, I can see, like if it was me, I can see myself pushing someone in a way because I'm just so angry. And their words just do not suffice because though they are well-meaning and they can be at times comforting, you start to realize that they can't save you. No matter how well-meaning they are, they can't save you. And so it's hard. But you still need that support group. And I'm hoping that those that hear me and that have someone that is going through this and you can see it firsthand what it's doing to that person, regardless of what they do to you and how they speak to you, you got to be able to take it because they're going to need you 100%. And then, of course... Brother, I hope that you are practicing some mindfulness, which, you know what? I don't think you need to hear from me because I think that's exactly what you're doing. So I want to discuss, and I really just want to belabor something here. When you said, I guess God hasn't forgiven me yet. And it really goes, it begs to differ your understanding of what grace is. And I say this with love because I want you to truly know the grace of God. Oftentimes, when I was in the charismatic church, that was exactly kind of how it was. People, all walks of life, had different ailments and different things that they were just trying to break free from, find freedom from. And most of the time, it was financial, but then another time, it was definitely the health. Being diagnosed with cancer, having chronic asthma that debilitates you and doesn't allow you to function as other human beings function only to look and wonder what it would be like to just run or dance without a care in the world and breathe freely. I speak in that manner because my mother grew up 
all her life with asthma and struggled with chronic asthma. And I recall a time where she shared something with me too about having been faithful to God and praying and still no healing from asthma. What is grace, my brother? What is grace? What is grace? Because that's the problem with what we've seen in the church these days, and it really frustrates me that this is just the case. Jesus came and died on the cross for you and I. I know you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway, and I hope you don't tune me out. What was going on was that God was reconciling us to himself. And what was he reconciling? The connection, the reconciliation between creator to the creature, creature back to the creator because we sinned, because we rebelled and we transgressed against God and we turned our backs on him and we decided to serve ourselves, creating idols, turning our hopes and dreams into those idols and putting all of that into those things, denying the one true God. And at times in America, especially because we are all somehow Christian and we can all somehow mix in pagan ideology with Christianity. When it gets to this point in time of our lives, we expect the forgiveness of God to work in such a supernatural way that when it doesn't show up, we say things like, where are you? Or I guess you haven't forgiven me. And so what I have to tell you is this. If you have truly place your hope in Christ, hope for eternal life, hope in realizing that you were a sinner, that you are a sinner, you are wretched, there is nothing good in you, there is nothing that you can do to produce righteousness and goodness so that you can present it to God, this is what I was able to craft together, I know I made some mistakes, I know I wasn't a perfect being, but I figured it out, I have the formula, and I decided to really work hard. I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking. I stopped, I stopped doing drugs. I stopped sleeping around. Isn't that enough, God? Isn't that what you want? And then you feel like even then, well, why hasn't he healed me? Because what you're trying to do, and I don't think this is what you're trying to do, but I think many other people do, is that we're trying to wash the outside to polish it up as cleanly as we possibly can so that way that would be enough. But I'm here to tell you in love that there's not enough works that you can provide that would grant you the keys to heaven or grant you the supernatural miracle of healing. Now, I don't put any lids on God. That is not at all what I do. God is sovereign he is beyond me. He can instantly heal you right here, right now at the sound of anything. Not my voice. My voice isn't nothing, but I'm just saying he can do it. And if he does it, praise God. And guess what, brother? I'm going to be praying that God have mercy on you, that God would have mercy on you and that would provide healing. But even if he doesn't, will you trust and know that God has indeed forgiven you? Because you're equating forgiveness with having the supernatural healing. And that's not the case. Unfortunately, brother, there are things that we're going to have to deal with in this world because it is fallen. And we are fallen creatures. And we are cursed by this thing called sin. 
And there are consequences. And there are things that we have to deal with. And unfortunately, there are points in our lives where we thought someone was going to be there long enough and we found out wasn't. I pray that God have mercy on you. But even if he doesn't, you need to know the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is you have nothing in you that is righteous or good that you can provide to God that would help you and save you at this moment as far as physical well-being is concerned. And guess what? Even the most devout Christian, even the one that truly is redeemed, truly is converted and is sealed with the Holy Spirit, they are not going to be able to escape whatever is has been decreed and allowed by the Lord to come. None of us are. I've known believers that have gone cancer. I've known believers that have passed away very prematurely, at least from what we expect. And they loved the Lord and placed their trust in Christ and knew for a fact that they were going to heaven because they placed their trust in Christ, because Christ gave them the gift of grace. And so I want you to search this out, my brother. If this despair is causing you to think that God hasn't forgiven you, that's not true. Because if you truly have placed your faith in him, if you truly have laid it down for him and realize that you are a sinner and then the only person who can save you and forgive you for that sin is Christ, then you are saved. I I would encourage you to read Romans chapter 10 all the way down and spend time in that. I want to read a passage that uh, I find very comforting. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. The Apostle Paul, you probably know because it looks like you have some background in church, was a persecutor of the church. He, he oversaw a martyr's death and approved of it. And he had a zealous zeal to destroy what was then called the way. And then, of course, you know the story on the roads of Damascus, the Lord appears to him, completely changes his life. And there's a passage in Scripture, and I believe it's found in Acts, where Paul, who is blind at this time, he saw, he's blind from the road of Damascus, is going to be visited by someone who is going to obviously restore his eyesight and then to tell him that for the name of Christ, for his name's sake, Paul will suffer much. Now, I read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, it says, and this is Paul speaking, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh. No one knows what, the, what this thorn is. A messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, and I hope this resonates with you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Whatever this thorn was for Paul, whatever it was, it really was a thorn on his side. It really was something that called, caused him pain and anguish maybe a ton of stress. Maybe it wasn't even a physical ailment, but this impending 
knowing that he was going to be martyred. He was going to die. It does. I don't know what it was, but it was enough to know that it was definitely painful, whether it was emotional pain that was causing him deep agony and stress or physical pain that was really debilitating him and slowing him down. Whatever it was, I think that this is something that we all can relate to in some fashion or form. But when I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking you are praying to God to take this leukemia away from you, to take it away, and you're pleading, and you're saying you'll change your life. And maybe, and I'm not putting words in the Lord's mouth, I'm not saying that this is what he's saying to you, but maybe what you need to know is that his grace is sufficient. As a matter of fact, maybe all of this is so that way you can come to the feet of Christ having abandoned all of you because he's stripping it away. I don't know who you are as a person. I've heard your work. I've seen your work. I appreciate it. You have a gift. You have a talent. And even in the midst of this, you're still doing and working towards your gift and talent. And you are using it for a positive message in this world, especially in our country today that is very needed. But God has a way of doing things that I don't understand, my, my guy. I don't. And he will humble you however he needs to. And if the Lord has decided to take you, he will. That's a hard truth to swallow. That's not something we want to hear. We don't want to hear the fact that there may be no actual physical healing in this world here right now. But if you catch what I'm saying, and if you can say how Paul would say it, that he would boast more, more gladly about his weaknesses. If you could boast gladly in your weakness, then you actually do have healing. But it's a greater healing than it could be in the physical world. You know, your loved ones might be hearing this and say, I'm still believing. And I don't know if I like hearing what you're saying, but I'm still believing for his healing. Me too. And I would encourage every one of them, every one of you guys to pray for him and continue to believe and have faith in Christ and the Lord. But he can indeed perform a miracle and completely heal him. That is not without the realm of possibility. It's, it can happen. And I want to believe it. But. I know that we, I came out of a place in the church where it was like a despairing thing. And then people would do the craziest things. They would give up all their money to tithes in order to buy this blessing to produce out of faith because of these charlatans that would say these things. That would say that God's going to heal you in a month. And God is telling me that you have this sickness and that you need to step out in faith and give. Don't listen to those wolves. Don't listen to those wolves. That's exactly what they are. They are wolves. But the Lord gives you something greater. You ever heard the term, by his stripes you are healed, found in Isaiah? That used to be used and beat around a lot in the charismatic world that I came from. And it was used and applied wrong. Until I realized that by his stripes, Christ's stripes, we are indeed healed. We are healed from spiritual death. We are made alive and new in Christ. And now we have eternal life with him. What am I trying to say here? I'm trying to tell you this, that I don't know if indeed God's going to actually pull you out of this. And it could be that the Lord has said it and decreed it, and that's going to be it. I would be remiss if you missed this opportunity to realize that the Lord might be humbling you in such a way that you can finally abandon yourself 
and really see the true beauty that Christ is. Because once you do, once you grasped who Jesus is, what he did, once you see Christ for who he really is, nothing in this world matters. Matter of fact, I was reading in Philippians, the Apostle Paul having this kind of internal struggle about knowing that his time is potentially coming, that he would die a martyr's death, but that he had no attachments to this world, that it would be better that he would depart from this world and be with Christ, because to be with Christ is far greater. But he also knew that the gifts and talents and the calling on his life that God had placed on him was important for who? Was it important for Paul? It was important for the church. And so he was convinced that because of that, and there was more work to be done, that God would actually keep him and deliver him because there was more work that he wanted to do through him. He, it, the passage literally says, he says that to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And maybe, and I'm praying that he gets you to a place like that, brother, where you can get to that place and realize that to die is gain. Now, I think that you are realizing that to live is Christ. And you probably wish you would have done that sooner in a better way, in a way that was real and genuine. But today is a day of salvation. While you still have breath, you have that now. Now, for those that say, oh, he's only pleading to Christ because of this news. What person pleading to Christ because of bad news is a sign to you that they're not real or, they're, or that God isn't really trying to work in their hearts? I've seen people go and face death and still deny Jesus. Still, if anything, hate him more and get angry with God because of the current situation in life. The fact that you are reaching out to Christ, the fact that he is reaching out to Christ in desperation proves that God is doing something in his heart. And we should be encouraged by this. And we should get alongside and pray and encourage him. I don't know if this is helping. I don't know if, I don't know if this is really comforting at all. But I'm not trying to lie to you and I'm not trying to give you some sort of sugarcoat stuff. This is real stuff. I don't know what you're feeling. I can only imagine. But I can tell you this, at the very least, you're probably thinking death is around the corner and I'm going to die. And I don't know. Maybe. Do you know who Jesus is? Have you placed your trust in him? Do you trust that what he did on the cross was for you so you could have forgiveness of sin, so you could be free from the bondage of it, free from Satan's grip, and actually enter into eternal life now, not when you die, now. Because if you have, then I think God's going to do something amazing in you that you probably never imagined. And those that are around you, I'm praying God would use them to be there, his mouth, his hands, his hugs, his encouragement, and his laughter for the times that you need it. I want to leave this with you, uh, a couple more passages. Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
that's something that I can definitely take some comfort in. And I hope you do too. Don't fear. Don't fear. And then another one. Romans 8.28. It's one of my favorite verses. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. And that's another thing we need to remember. We are not a, we're not here on this earth according to our own purpose that we concocted up in our heads for our selfish ambitions. We are here for his purpose. And it doesn't always look, turn out the way that you thought it should. But I hope that you get to a place where you realize his purpose is far better, far greater. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this podcast episode to you. You might not listen to it, and that's okay, because it might just be for somebody else. This causes chaos in the heart. It's a turmoil. It's a battle. It's a ravaging within. I can only imagine that. But take solace in these passages. Do not fear and trust that he has it all planned out and he has a purpose for your life, whether that purpose seems grand or seems bleak at the moment. And if I can, I will always be here to pray and to be a brother in the Lord for you, for any of you, because it's very heavy. Place your trust in the Lord. Trust that whatever is happening, whatever ailment that is, whatever disparity you are feeling, He is able and he can take it all. Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. I hope that this gives you something to think about. And I hope that it only drives you on your knees to Christ in confession and in full trust and submission to him. And whatever time you do still have with us, whether that's within this year or maybe another 10, 20, who knows, I hope your life is transformed radically for the glory of the Lord. If this is something that blesses you, if it offended you, that's not my intention. Maybe my words weren't perfect, but I truly do mean it from a place of love. And if you need or know someone that needs to hear this, then do me a favor and share that with them. And that's all I would ask. Until next time, God bless. If you found value, then please subscribe and leave an honest rating and review. And remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there.